someone just once said oh your accent's quite thick i couldn't i'm like what my accent's not thick <laughs> i went to a show once and i brought my colleague who's yeah. israeli at the end of the night she basically said yours was the only accent i could understand <laughs> hello welcome to comedy with an accent podcast i'm your taiwanese comedian kwan wen i interview comedians who perform english stand up comedy but who are not native english speakers or they can have a very distinct british regional accent this podcast is all about comedy about accent about languages and about the comedy technique so stay tuned if you're interested Hello, welcome back to another episode of Comedy with an Accent podcast. Once again, I have a um, how do I call it? Right. Okay. Want to make sure I introduce my guest in the most <laughs> respectful way. We have another relatively new comic, but he's not just like a rising star. He's a supernova that is destroying the entire galaxy. No, no, no. You're taking it by storm. I guess Indians like this kind of credit and complimentary yeah. style. So, we have <laughs> someone who's been all over all the major new at competition in 2022. He's the winner of So You Think You're Funny. He was the finalist at New Acts of Year 2022. He was the finalist at BBC New Comedy Award 2022. And adding to that, he's been winning King Kong at Comedy Store, etc. <laughs> With that in mind, I'm going to introduce my guest today. That's Joshua Bethenia <laughs> from India. <laughs> This feels like, you know, when parents introduce you to other parents and they're very proud of their achievements. Yes. So imagine if they were proud of comedy, they'd probably say things that you No, no, say. the parents not only say that the parent was stopped by humble bragging like my son hasn't achieved much except ta -da -da, yeah. ta -da -da, ta -da -da. so i thought we could share this part of our culture I, our I, embarrassing parents I, culture. i don't yeah i don't think <laughs> in my case it's humble brags it's straight away brags oh yeah oh, really? yeah, yeah okay yeah. So my mom back. would invite people over and say something like oh we eat pretty simple and <laughs> the lazy susan's covered by 15 dishes and two giant fish things like that so thank you for coming in hindsight uh, you're doing your solo show Bangalore soon yeah. and I thought should we move this recording because I feel it may be a bad idea to wait until I can watch your entire solo show but then <laughs> I thought nah you're getting big so quickly like if I don't do this right now I may never be able to book you again okay. so I thought I just do it today so don't understate your podcast as well. it's very hard to get on this podcast <laughs> it's not true <laughs> it is very hard all the event I'm such a little bitch some people I just don't like them so they ask me I just say nah I'm not gonna have you Joshua, I'm gonna open with this question. Okay. You'll have a name that's pretty... Are you an Anglo-Indian? Is yeah, that the community? So, no, actually. In India, religion sort of came with obviously a lot of missionaries and um, colonialism and things like that. Are we that quick into the buzzword today? We'll feature... <laughs> by the way, if you're allergic to the reference to colonialism, you may want to switch off for this episode because uh, our guest today has been a brand talking about colonialism. <laughs> Which is weird. I don't talk about it much anymore. More! We need to talk about it more! Okay, sorry. And um, so there's like a whole group of people who are considered Anglo-Indians. So people... I learned the term because of Russell Peters basically. Oh yeah, yeah. He explained why he's called Russell. Yeah. Not because he tried to integrate into a white society so much, but yeah. he explained that he belongs to a specific group called Anglo-Indians. Yeah. Is that right? 
So Anglo Indians are mostly people who've got like a big English connection. There are a lot of people the who the traitors. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. Please don't cancel <laughs> me before India. Okay. So there's a lot of mixing as well. So there's mm-hmm. like people who are like technically mixed race <laughs> and people whose ancestors are like English people. So they've sort of retained that English culture in India. Yeah. So they tend to be more Anglo Indians whereas me I I'm just Christian. Like everyone belongs to a religion and it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not, right? Because there were a lot of missionaries coming in there were a lot of people who converted to christianity for some of them it's just been reasons purely out of i feel like i belong and i think there's some who wanted to get away from the caste system and i think maybe my great 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 grandfather one of them used to be in one of those lower castes and they would have probably converted and just sort of passed on from generation okay, so to generation okay so it's because of your religious belief yeah. yeah how small is the christian group in about india about 2.5% wow. of the entire world. it's it's still a big number <laughs> out of a billion but yeah yeah we're talking about a sample size <laughs> yeah but absolutely but for example i didn't even understand the concept of yeah. sikh and when i first came to the uk my colleague tricked me into believing our Sikh manager mm-hmm. was muslim and i believed them because <laughs> in my very simple world yeah. where we're only preoccupied with america and china and japan <laughs> i totally bought it <laughs> i being asking yeah. the Sikh man I'm, i'm sorry but but i know you don't eat pork he's like why are you talking <laughs> I, i i get that a lot as well every time i go to some especially different european places and i'm going to order food which is kind of a bit nice as well as like you're making the wrong assumptions you're like oh you can eat this there's absolutely no pork in it i'm like cool but i eat pork <laughs> i absolutely loved it <laughs> so sometimes even when i don't want pork i'm like no no i need pork so i can challenge your assumption even though i'm sacrificing my taste buds here <laughs> thing is a valid question i don't know if you get asked a lot the funny thing is someone who's from east asia mm-hmm. especially the mandarin speaking zone yeah. where they introduce themselves with an anglicized name yeah. chances are it's not because they're christian just because they adopt a different oh, name okay. in yeah. english but in cases of people i know from what we call the subcontinent it sounds really mm-hmm. weird but i want to cover more than just india yeah. when someone have an anglicized name chances yeah. are they are born in a western world so they are the second generation or third generation immigrant okay. so they would have an english yeah. name i think A lot of Christians have very anglicized names even though there's no anglican DNA of mm-hmm. their family tree and especially in the south where there was a lot of portuguese colonists and english colonizers sort of came through the coast like especially goa they tend to have very christian names very english sounding names so yeah it may be a bit patronizing but people who don't really look into colonialism they would think that oh india britain took it and that's yeah. it but a couple of various european country got there first that only occupy small bits and yeah. eventually uk just kicked them out right yeah. so goa was a portuguese colony for quite a long time yeah because english they overpowered the colonialism game yeah And at least in India, Portuguese and the French don't get enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you using the term credit in an ironic way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they were colonizers, but nobody gives a shit. I once heard from a French comedian mocking British for British Empire. Yeah. And I thought, do you have any self-awareness? <laughs> You're not really known for humane colonialism either. <laughs> What you did in Africa. There's another place in India called Pondicherry, which is a tourist hub. I went there once and there's still a lot of 
French presence, like people who are French French, not like people who stayed over. People come from France and they've set up French restaurant. They use like French signage and everything. <laughs> and sometimes it's kind of shit to go there because they sort of treat you like, oh, this place is meant for like French spaces. Or like, dude, go back to where you came from. <laughs> you know, you sort think- of, sometimes it's super weird. Like I'm in my country and you're being racist to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. They but- went India to find themselves and they found it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my usual structure question. So Joshua, do you believe when you speak English you have an accent? Um, I didn't actually. Until I started making an accent joke and they laughed a little too hard for that. I have this opening line that always kills and I don't find it funny at all. And I don't understand. bank support? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, my name is Joshua. You might recognize my accent from your bank's customer support. I don't get it why it's funny, to be honest. I only did that. I think they're laughing. They were like, we've been waiting for this moment. Thank you for finally <laughs> pointing out the obvious. But what's intriguing for me is it's actually not that obvious. I used to work with a lot of remote team from Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Trust me, your accent is as light yeah. as the little form on cappuccino. <laughs> you have a beautiful accent. I see where the British people are coming from, yeah. but I don't think your accent is very strong. But I'm yeah. interested in knowing your perspective. So you were saying that you didn't think you did until you start joking about it. Yeah. And some people have pointed out, and when I try to say something, like certain words, and they'd be like, huh, sorry, what was that? Did that offend you when they do that? Uh, not not really, because I, I would say the same thing to them. <laughs> I think it's because the school I grew up in was actually a very anglicized school, very similar to an English school structure, like I would wear like school uniform ties and we'd all speak only in English. So you were taught what they say proper English yeah. in India? Yeah, like the Queen's English. Like I learned Shakespeare for like a couple Shh. of years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! So I would say I went to a slightly privileged school for Indian standards. We'd all just speak English there all the time, which was kind of annoying when I had to switch. When I tried to speak local languages, I would actually struggle so much later on in my life. I was like, oh, I'm not that good with my actual languages. You mean Canada? Yeah. Oh. I'm quite awful. (laughs) Surely you speak that with your parents? Yeah, but it could be very inaccurate. Like, I made a lot of friends much later on in life who started speaking more in the local languages. And when I speak to them and they would just mock me, like, what are you saying? (laughs) So is it your grammar or is it your sound, is it pronunciation that make them giggle? I think just the words, the pronunciation. So you have an English accent when you speak Canada, <laughs> even though you grew up in India. No, the accent is Indian, but the word pronunciations just get messed up because I focus so much on English. So, so. when people <laughs> say to you, say that again, <laughs> maybe just a small split second in that, have you got any idea <laughs> how much I've been mocked by my home people <laughs> to be able to hold my English to such a degree and you have the audacity <laughs> to still judge my I've accent? I've been judged on every language. <laughs> the schooling definitely like cleaned up my English the accent just remained like when I speak to friends we mix up all the languages so one sentence could have like three to four different languages of different words and sometimes we ironically use the accent but we use it a little too much it becomes unironic (laughs) you know what I mean like if I speak to another Indian and we just sort of like do this funny Indian accent put it a little too much and then over time it just becomes like oh yeah this is how we speak (laughs) you've internalized your joke yeah (laughs) 
So you've been taken over by <laughs> your object become the subject. Yeah, exactly. Some of my uni friends they have kids now mm -hmm. and they are worrying about the English education of their children. Mm -hmm. One was like, I really want to send my kids to this school because they have native speaker tutors, but it's so expensive. I really want to give my children the best start yeah. in life. I want them to be judged as little as possible yeah. by native English speakers. Mm -hmm. I just think. If your English has a hint mm. of any foreigners, even just down to one or two percent, yeah. you are never a native English speaker. Some of them will never <laughs> appreciate how fluent you that, are. That's true. Yeah, yeah, for them, there's no tangible difference between you <laughs> and someone else with a much thicker accent of your own mother tongue. Yeah. So you might as well concentrate on just study and show that you speak an educated level of English. Yeah. But don't be so obsessed with the perfection in accent because you're never gonna achieve that. Yeah. That's true. I make this joke in my set. Oh, you guys should stop inventing things you're not good at. And I'm like talking about football or cricket yeah. and English, maybe. <laughs> Your accent are a lot lighter than mm -hmm. the typical bank support team based offsite in Bangalore. Yeah, But how did you even come up with this joke when, in fact, your accent is not exactly the same? I think it's because I once called HSBC helpline, and it was pretty obvious. Like I was speaking to an Indian guy, and the thing about call centers is, I had a cousin who used to work in one. They are specifically trained to put on an English name and an English accent. Or an American accent based on where your customers are. Couldn't feel that. No, that's the thing because they're not so used to it, so they're literally faking an accent, and it comes across this weird hybrid of Indian oh. accent plus this other accent, who's sort of aggressively trying to put on an accent. Oh. And when I heard in my head, I just wanted to be like, Do "Dude, me. just speak to me regularly, man. You know, I know where you are. You're probably sitting next to my cousin." <laughs> you But know? you didn't ask them to switch. No, to no, I, I didn't because I just wanted to get my right. thing done as soon as possible. It's so ironic that. I'm just speaking to another guy from my country. I'm sure we could have a much better conversation with our local languages. That was funny. Like called the bank a couple of times, and both times it was just an Indian guy. You can notice the artificial nature of those support center call and yeah. dialogue. Yeah. So you know British people would have picked it up. So you know that it's observation that's worth pointing out. Yeah. You just didn't expect they would react. So yeah. Well, it, that, that, that's that's. I honestly don't even like it anymore. I just I tried it very early on when I first started doing stand up. I just wanted some funny opener. You know the defaults like you might recognize you. I might remind you of something. So I just wanted to try that. I tried that once and people just started laughing and I'm like, okay, I'm keeping this. Did you have I wouldn't say an ulterior motive, but did you think extra about it? Because you on the podcast you mentioned that you got into comedy not by accident. You took a comedy course because you work in a corporate world. Yeah, yeah. And you want <laughs> to be a more effective communicator. Exactly. And that's yeah. what you got out of the comedy course. So were you sort of encouraged to address your accent in the comedy course? Um, not really. I think I never really thought about my accent, to be honest. I just started using that as a joke, like just to describe my identity, because I go into a lot of mm -hmm. stuff about being Indian. Yeah, because you can address the fact that you're Indian yeah. without having to point out exactly. your accent. Yeah. You may dislike the joke, but that joke has always served the purpose for you, because that's what native speaker would be thinking about. Yeah, exactly. And by affirming their suspicion, yeah, you get it out of the way. Yeah, and that's the function of that joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I. 
don't particularly like to point out my accent. It hurts me every time <laughs> when someone say I have an accent. But my typical go-to line is, "I'm sorry, I have no subtitle for you today." <laughs> so suck it up, bitch. So that's oh, how so I address good. it. Yeah. I don't like that, but mm. I know I have to say that. It's also like just writing funny stuff. I am still like quite new, so it's more like, oh, "Okay, what are the very obvious things that I can mm. just get get out of the way?" So that was. I have been trying to address. when people see a guy called Joshua who looks like me on stage so i've been trying to address that <laughs> sorry my name late. is not wrong enough for you as a great lie as a great lie I, i actually did that like i went on stage i said hey my name is joshua and one day i just started laughing i'm like dude i'm sorry i'm not a patel <laughs> you know so then like i ended up getting but that is very of... interesting phenomenon though i was scrolling through my instagram feed mm-hmm. and i found this comedian in a spanish speaking country he was talking to a chinese immigrant in that country and he asked the guy what his name was i think he said his name was like pablo or something like okay. a very spanish <laughs> name everyone was having a laugh you're not supposed to <laughs> call yourself like that <laughs> And I found it funny as well. I know there's an element of truth, yeah. but we don't really apply this principle fairly, do we? So I guess it is a fact. It is funny. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people, but it is also a gentle level of racism. Okay, it's not something I would say people should yeah. deplatform or cancel. But you probably need to have a good look into yourself. Why do you find it funny? Yeah, why a second generation true. Chinese person growing up in a Spanish country? Why is it just so funny for him to yeah. be called Pablo, whereas a German immigrant that grows up in Brazil yeah. it's not funny to call himself yeah. one I guess that a gentler level of racism is quite funny. I think it is sometimes probably required in comedy. <laughs> Without that, it's not going to be funny. I don't have that. Yeah, it's that. yeah. I'm trying to get away from just talking about Indian stuff at all. But yeah. at the same time, audiences love to hear it. It's just like, oh man, I'm not. Gonna... But the problem is, unlike on this podcast, you can't really explain your name comes with origin of your Christian yeah. belief, yeah. and people won't know that. Yeah, and you don't have time to explain that. Yeah. So you can. do a joke about it but they're probably gonna keep the same level of world view right? yeah it's funny a brown guy calls himself <laughs> joshua yeah so i'd assume the shocking realization that what i have an accent for you guys yeah. didn't happen on stage it would have happened when you first arrived here for your civilian duty <laughs> your job yeah i think my colleagues are fine because we've been on like phone calls and so they sort of know what to expect who pointed school. out blatantly for the first time in your face oh interesting I think it's probably like one of those uh, immigration officers. <laughs> <laughs> no, the immigration officers are usually brown. <laughs> That's true. Um, probably like in one of those pubs when you just meet some random stranger who are like, "Oh, your name really is Josh." I remember like <laughs> I had to take out my driver's license. I'm like, "Dude, look at this." I was with a friend who had another Christian name and like we're both Indians and he could not wrap his mind that we both had a non-Indian um, who pointed out that you have an accent. Where in your world you never knew new i think some people ask this oh why is your english so good but at the same time i think maybe some people are like oh i'm sorry i didn't get it like who sort of repeatedly asked i, I think maybe someone just once said oh your yeah, accent's quite thick i couldn't i'm like what my accent's not thick <laughs> i thought it's pretty neutral i think it's like one of those cases where you just meet someone in your the pub your accent is really really light for me I went to a show once and I brought my colleague who is yeah. Israeli. At the end of the night she basically said yours was the only accent I could understand. <laughs> 
and everyone is like strong english accents like regional english accents yeah so i realized oh, okay for the international audience my accent is actually slightly better than that's than what i always accent. believe yeah. in myself when i get mocked by people with really strong english accent i'm like excuse me <laughs> on netflix i am better understood <laughs> than a majority of you from Bangalore, yes. which officially name is Bengaluru. Yep. What is your first language? What's your mother tongue? So is it's it a language Ka- called Kannada, yeah. So you are from the biggest linguistic group in your state. Yeah. And what other languages do you speak? So another language called Tamil, which is a bit common in Sri Lanka as well. Let's not bring Sri Lanka in. <laughs> because Tamil and Sri Lanka mm, is a business. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't understand the joke, do some research. <laughs> the city where I grew up is actually quite diverse in terms of... That tends to be the case for metropolis in India. Yeah. My first guest on India was Sahil Shah. Mm-hmm. And he is based in Mumbai, but his first language was Marathi. Marathi, yeah. But he also speaks Hindi, yeah. English, yeah. and Gujarati. No, he is actually Gujarati. Okay. But because he lives in Mumbai, and Got so it. many people speak different languages in Mumbai. In your case, you speak Canada, but your yeah. father, is he Tamil? Yeah, he's Tamilian, but he's never really grown up in Tamil Nadu. But he grew up speaking the language. He, they still speak, like when he meets his sisters and stuff. And your mom? Mom's a Kannadiga, who speaks Kannada. So. Okay. I suppose you speak Hindi? Or not so much. You don't I, really care about I, like, in the south of India. <laughs> I was like, nah. I learned it in school. Funnily enough, I can read and write Hindi much better than any of the other languages. But my speaking is absolute rubbish when I go up north and I try to speak in Hindi. It's just so broken. Oh. It's quite embarrassing sometimes. Okay. So, so what's the more prevalent language in South and India then? That's a hard question in South of India. Every region tends to be quite different. Bangalore is a lot like London of India. People come from all over the country I'm for sure jobs. people from the north might disagree, yeah. but let's just agree. <laughs> You assume you're right. Okay. Hindi ends up being a default fallback, but a lot of people just speak their own languages and they switch based on what the other person is speaking. I think people are quite flexible that way. So. But is there not like a language law saying that you must speak Hindi in public places? Uh, not at all, actually. In the South, it's actually the other way. Not really a law, but there's a lot of people who are annoyed that where they're forced to speak Hindi. They'd rather speak Kannada or... Interesting. Or, like, don't make me lose my language. A lot of people are like very anti-Hindi. They don't like it being shoved down their throats like, oh, you have to speak Hindi. Oh, this is our national language, which it's not. It's one of the official languages. We have about 20 official languages. So when people say Hindi is the national language of India, to a South Indian, it's very annoying. Okay, that's very interesting because I'm Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. But what I know from our neighbor China is that Mandarin, the official language, Mm -hmm. is from the Beijing area. Most of the norms, the dialect are more or less similar to Mandarin. But the South and Chinese are expect to be fluent in Mandarin. There's oh, no okay. excuse for it. <laughs> and actually, Northerners will make fun of Southerners' accent. Yeah. Even on their stand-up comedy show on TV, people who speak Cantonese will yeah. typically be mocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Accent. Same. I've seen some videos where Bollywood, it tends to be very North India prevalent, right? And also very fair. Yeah. Mm. And they try to do South Indian bit and it can come across very condescending at times. There are some movies which are like completely set with South yeah. Indian settings and it's played by people from North India. To a South Indian, sometimes you're just like, you don't give a shit you just watch it and have fun but if you actually pay attention you're like oh this is annoying that okay, you're assuming Joshua, I'm gonna freeze at the yeah. moment I know we're not friends yet <laughs> friendly colleagues so I may ask a question they might offend you but okay. I want to understand the context okay I suspect huh? you are considered 
a bit dark on the yeah, colorism. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I talk about it, so it's totally fine. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Just because I know how sensitive, how dark your skin is. I have a colleague who still blames her father for turning her darker than she should be because her <laughs> mom's very fair and she was born here. Yeah, she was. She was born here. Is there a sense of Northern India may look down Southern Indian because Southern India can be a bit darker? Or? Yeah, I think so. I I wouldn't say it's North India looking. It's just there are a lot of fair skin South Indians as well, but. In just in general, it sort of felt like racism without the race. I do a joke about this in my set where I'm basically like, oh yeah, I was subject to a lot of racism from people of my own race, if that makes sense. I guess the word is colorism. It's just internalized, like fair skin is better, dark skin is not good. So I may be jumping ahead too soon, but do you feel the crowd here gets you when you talk about the colorism or intra-community racism? I mean, it's, I just do like a very small joke. I think they sort of understand it. But do they? Understand it, understand it. That's a good Without question. Without you giving enough texture and subtext. Yeah, I just put it as I'm subject to racism from people of my own race, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Basically, yeah. trying to explain it, but for me. It's irrelevant because the punchline was something completely different. So I feel, for example, if your audience are Asian or yeah. black, they may get you. But I do not believe Caucasian Europeans or British really understand how much hate or prejudice people have based on your skin tone. Yeah, I don't expect them to get it as well. But maybe I might elaborate on it in my one-hour thing. Yeah, I think I tried talking about this to a friend who was white and. She was like mind blown. Oh wow! Okay, you know. So I guess they didn't get how the skin color. I issue think can... they only get when you joke about how translucent ginger people are. <laughs> yeah. It's the only yeah, different but... shade that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it, it works the other way. The first time I heard someone make jokes about how pale they are, like, what are you talking about? People die to be it's that a color. massive advantage. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, you're privileged, but you're moaning about it. Yeah, and I realized they also feel a sense of. I mean, I don't want to compare ones. What experiences they've been to. I, I think they've also felt like oh shit I'm a little too pale and I've been made fun of growing up so that was the new perspective I got yeah to I be fair there's something we didn't appreciate yeah. didn't understand we always grew up believing being fairer is better yeah. but they have their yeah. struggles yeah. but not according to Diane Abbott but anyways <laughs> I'm just joking I'm just joking <laughs> this joke probably won't make sense in six months or years time yeah <laughs> uh, do you know Vidura well Yeah, Vidura and you have one interesting similarity. You both mentioned Trevor Noah mm-hmm. as one of your influences, mm-hmm. and I think on the international nature of your accent or your comedy, I don't know how big a role Trevor Noah plays, mm-hmm. but he definitely has an influence on both of yeah, you. Definitely, I think he touches a lot of topics that's very similar to South Asians as well, especially the colonialism bit. I remember the first few comedians I saw was Russell Peters, Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. Just listening to him. Explain your problems, and he gets it. So it was like, oh yeah, this guy is able to explain to another audience of my plight of how we think. So that was that was quite uh... okay. So let's address this. So on the colonialism specifically, it is a topic that may be off-putting for some people. Mm-hmm. So we typically have to treat it with a level of yeah. care. Don't overdo and... it. <laughs> Asian comics will do it. <laughs> so it's almost considered a cliche when a minority. Yeah. 
comic here, it, go on to talk about colonialism, yeah. which makes it even more important to make people feel either your take is original yeah. or is an umbrella of your specific type yeah. of comedy. But on the point why you want to talk, you mentioned on another podcast, before you started comedy and you listened to Russell Peter, and he mm. was the very first person who talked about colonialism with yeah. a hint of emotion. Yeah. Because you always learned it as school subject, as yeah. facts. You never thought about the emotional aspect of it. Yeah. And Russell Peter, even though he was joking about it, he yeah. brought emotion to it and it gave you a completely different perspective. Exactly. And that's what you knew that you always want to talk about when mm-hmm. you perform on stage. Yeah. Yeah, this is like well put. Growing up, textbooks would just state facts. There's no emotion behind it. We'd hear, oh yeah, this tragedy happened. But it was fine. There was no emotion associated with it. It would just be a... The example, <clears throat> like, just tell us what year they came. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it actually portrays them as a good thing that happened to India. They would abolish certain practices in India. And that would be highlighted over everything else. So even though we knew the facts, we never had how we felt about it. Then I think when I started hearing... Like, there are a lot of politicians who sort of talk about it, who are very passionate about it as well. And I I realized, oh shit, this is actually pretty bad what they did, didn't they? And like when you see the body count, it's like, oh. You know what's the most obvious mm-hmm. post-colonial thing about India and the UK? What? That much love you gave to cricket. Mm. so few countries on this planet care about cricket because yeah. you guys are in that post-colonial club yeah, big time. It's, there's still like clubs where they're very gentlemanly with their cricket, oh, God. which is, I don't know, something you just loved it and we got better at it than them did. <laughs> But has that experience been punctured after you came here and you felt, is there a difference how you approach this before and after you came to the UK? Um, I think it's, we've just accepted it as it is. It's fine, it's done. My only problem with colonialism these days is people aren't acknowledging it because there's nothing really much you can do. Like you can ask for oppression, they're probably not going to give you anything. Like just the lack of acknowledgement is my main problem where it's like, oh yeah, what we did was good for you. That's why I sort of talk about it, where people are like, uh, they sort of have this anti-immigration stance. It's like, this is silly given your history. Whereas everything that's already done, things that exist, which is fine. Like, you know, yeah. there's, there's no point wasting more money trying to fix those. As so. you've explained, you're not asking <laughs> for reparation. You're not trying to educate people. That's a question. That's yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even taking like no, a moral I high think... ground. It, it's just... A nice topic. There's so many topic stories that I hadn't read in school as well and I started reading. One of my favorite books that I've read quite recently was 52 Things That the British Did That Made Them Seem Like a Bell End or something. It was, <laughs> it was brilliant. Like, it's so well written. you know written. that we have some audience in the US, they don't even understand the term bell end. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like... Uh... Bell end is the end of the bell <laughs> and the shape looks like a gland, basically. <laughs> it's not a nice word, but just Google it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a word I learned when I came here as well. But it's just nice to talk about and like the audiences are quite nice to acknowledge it as well. So what you're saying is your academic journey gave you a very one-sided way of looking at colonialism. You're basically using comedy to come full circle yeah. to address the other side you've never been able to feel. Or... I, it's, it's a very strong thing to say that I'm trying to address it. I'm actually not. I, I don't want to influence your way of thinking as an audience. I'm just like, I think it's funny. I'm just going to make a joke about it. Like, I try not to be too... I know pretty. it is funny, but yeah. it is also something that is very much present in yeah. your consciousness. Yeah, that's true. And that's why you're reach for it. You yeah. describe it as a low-hanging fruit. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. Which leads to another funny point I'd like to make today, that you've been told by people before 
these premises you touched were not original. Mm -hmm. You are stepping on the trail someone has already covered. And I think you have a very good take on this. And you even explain on your Instagram reel. Mm -hmm. You're well aware this topic has done by other people before. But for you, you just want to make the audience entertained. You have your own take on this. And I completely agree. (laughs) Just because someone say that you're first. Another comedian, I think he put it the best way. Dude, in comedy, we have like seven premises. performing you are a silent killer <laughs> thank you this is how i am like because i don't really know how to be expressive and i realized like even when i'm at work meetings i just keep it toned down i don't raise my voice i used to just be an engineer and sit by myself i didn't have to speak to anyone i just sit on my computer then i moved into a management role and i'm like oh shit i need to speak to everyone so you're supposed to be a boring middle management in the corporate <laughs> world let me describe what you sound like to me first quite a few asian comedians i know whether they grew up here or from mm-hmm. india they have a very lively way of performing to the indian audience they are so enthusiastic yeah. they applaud mm-hmm. after each joke and you can't help but respond with the same level of craziness wackiness but on stage, the way you speak, you have a... Your silence is very overpowering. Oh, thank you. Because I think like I'm trying to um, mostly remember what I'm trying to say. I remember the first few times I got on stage, like I would be sweating from my back. I still do sometimes. And my main concern is remembering the lines. So I'm just focused on that. I'm not paying attention. But your body language doesn't make people register that. Like people would just think, I really want to know what he has to say. I don't think apart from really drunk hacklers, you don't get interrupted a lot when you're on stage, do you? Because you have very long gap and pulse. I have two things to describe you. One metaphor is the East Asian martial art Tai Chi. The movement are really, really slow, but the flow is smooth. The second that you're like a very humanized robot. <laughs> so basically a robot these days. No, 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 no. You are like... No, I mean saying robots are much more human these days. It could be. Like later season data in Star Trek. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, you think in a way that's absolutely logical with a very economic amount of emotions attached. It's not emotionless, but it's really measured and it's not flooded with strong emotions. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I... And you speak with such clarity that a lot of human beings are not able to achieve. Yeah, I, I think it's just like how my social life has been as well. Like I would sit with a group of friends. I wouldn't, like I would mostly be sitting and listening before I say something until someone's... I, and I realized like, like, this place is perfect for me. The UK is perfect oh, for yeah. me to just be... People keep their voice low. Yeah. So. And you have a beautiful, low, like a, a deeper voice. But my description of your stage voice, what's your take on that? But I'm just by myself on stage. I mean, you've said nice things, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> no, because some comedians would not leave any gaps. They mm-hmm. would try to feel... For example, I move on very quickly. Yeah. A lot of part of my acts are being hectic, mm-hmm. being sort of schizophrenic you're just very you're still i think still is the best way to describe Uh you but you have to have to hold your nerve yeah you have to absolutely believe in your gag to maintain this exactly yeah i mostly take my time just to remember the line like i don't when i look it's a byproduct 
Yeah, okay. I think it's just a byproduct. There are some jokes which I know so well, which I can just power through as a yeah. sentence. But most of the time, it's mostly me trying to remember the next word, oh and I God. throw in a that lot. That was a great coincidence. I throw in a lot of fillers as well, like yeah. um, right, and uh, so I want to get rid of those. And I, I've started indulging in silences, which sort of works well. So I'm gonna describe yeah. the terminology mm-hmm. or term people use, <laughs> either from critics or from Instagram followers. Critics. So, yeah, Joshua has been described as straight face, understated, unhurried timing, calm demeanor, drolly, soft spoken, <laughs> quietly subversive. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where did you read that? <laughs> quietly subversive. No, but this is so great because in a sea of very noisy social media, there's something so calming and soothing and at the same time very enjoyable watching you mm-hmm. and make you easily stand out. And that's why I think. Yeah, all of it was unintentional, but I'm glad. <laughs> Glad it's working in my in my favor. So right, there was one particular user on your Instagram. He said that the best part is using a plain accent, unlike so many Indian comedian, celebrity, sports guy, faking their accent outside India. Cheer to you. Yeah, I think that's what you describe as the call center people. They try to. Yeah, 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 but 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 they are made to think like that's instructions. But for also, yeah. it's thanks to your education, you can yeah. feel very comfortable yeah. not having to change your accent much. Yeah, I I think I I I realize like even with my Indian friends, people who don't try to put on an accent, it's more like people who were quite confident with their English. They're What do you like, think when you meet Asian comedian? They're born here. They do a very Exaggerated Indian. Yeah,、accent. I've seen a mix of some people. Like he's being very diplomatic. His body <laughs> language just changed. I mean, there's some people. I just tell them directly, "Hey, the way you speak to me and the way you speak to others is very different."、Okay. I, I think this is like feedback I gave to some comedians who, are, and I just said like, "I absolutely enjoy the way you speak to me, and I think you should take that personality on stage because people will like that as well. Because when you're on stage, I don't recognize who you are because you speak differently to me." Have they taken that on board? Yeah, I think so. And I realize it's also it's a switch that most immigrants have the code switch、mm. when you're speaking. I I probably do that as well. I I don't necessarily think like even speaking to you. I don't think I speak like this to my fellow Indian friends. So I don't know if this is an accent or if this is a tone which is different. People by default just switch based on the person they're speaking to. I don't know when I will air this episode. But just in case it goes out before Edinburgh, I know you're doing a show、yeah. during the Edinburgh French Festival. I,、uh, uh, so you're doing a solo show in yeah, Top Secret. Yeah, I don't think we'll make、It's, it before. <laughs> we'll try. But that, it. But that show is not going to Edinburgh. It's literally my first ever work in progress. So I hope I have an hour by then. But Edinburgh, I'm just doing like 20 minute spots, best of. So you think you're funny with a couple of other people. So a guilty balloon. Yep. Yes. Three way split. Your、bill. solo show is called Bangalore. Great、yeah. name. <laughs> I top secret on July 17th. July 17th. Okay.、Yeah. We may be able to air this episode <laughs> before that. Otherwise, how do people find you on social media?、Uh, it's、uh, Joshua Batania underscore comedy. I think it's the same name in TikTok as well and on YouTube. You are enjoying the perk of living outside India by having a TikTok account. You? <laughs>、yeah. When I go home, it, tuck, tuck. it, it works. Funnily, it works for a couple of days. And then it doesn't. But actually, to be honest, I'm so glad TikTok doesn't work in India. I think that the、it's、whole、really、culture for for the brain and attention spans. Yeah, and I think it's. But you do have Taka Taka. That's what Sahil told me. Oh, the、uh, Indian TikTok. Oh, I think I did hear of it. I don't, I, I, I <laughs> you don't, don't even know the Indian. Yeah, it ever took off. It's probably Instagram <laughs> is, is the main place to be in India. Like TikTok. I don't know if you see the content. It's like、oh, I'm so glad this content is not in India. This is going to be super controversial. Right. Okay. <laughs>、uh, and you don't have a website yet, do you? 
I have a link tree. <laughs> it's in my bio. I don't know. Like, I don't. This is someone who have a quite a well-paying corporate career. I, so comedy. The is thing a... is, I I don't know what to put on my website. Everything that I need is on the link tree. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would put in my website that's not already there. Yeah. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> I don't know. I just think as such a star, you deserve to have a website. Like, if I have a website, more like how many people are actually going to visit it. Whereas Linktree, I actually keep metrics. All that I take is a production company producer okay. to visit your website. <laughs> I could. He looked concerned. All right. <laughs> I I can build it on my own. I'm sure, but uh, I honestly can't be asked. I don't think it would be useful. At all. That's such a boring ending. I, I'm advertising. Don't make websites. We have enough of them. Um, it's like a sponsor. This podcast sponsored by Linktree. And I do have to apologize. Normally, we have very strong roller coaster emotion throughout, <laughs> but because our guest is very still, so it's a rather still episode. Well, I've I've and been I through hope a range you enjoying of the still episode and treat it as your <laughs> I don't know soothing wave sound before you go yeah, to sleep. Yeah, before you go yeah, fall asleep. Just, just keep listening to the episode. Listen to Joshua's beautiful voice before you go to sleep. ASMR. <laughs> Just to ease your Sorry anxiety. Sorry, my laughter destroyed that <laughs> vibe. All right. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Come back next time. Bye. Okay, I was hoping he would say something, but he didn't. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought it stopped recording when you stood still. <laughs>